1: Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doreen and Carla
0: Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the book of Leviticus The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole Israelite community and tell them, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not bear hatred for your brother or sister in your heart. Though you may have to reprove your fellow citizen, do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against any of your people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm, the Lord is kind and merciful.
0: The Lord is kind and merciful.
1: Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits.
0: The Lord is kind and merciful.
1: He pardons all your iniquities, heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with kindness and compassion.
0: The Lord is kind and merciful.
1: Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes.
0: The Lord is kind and merciful.
1: As far as the east is from the west, so far he has put our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him.
0: The Lord is kind and merciful. A reading from the first letter of Saint Paul to the Corinthians, brothers and sisters, do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For the temple of God, which you are, is holy. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you considers himself wise in this age, let him become a fool, so as to become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in the eyes of God. For it is written, God catches the wise in their own ruses. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. So let no one boast about human beings, for everything belongs to you, Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death or the present or the future all belong to you and you to Christ and Christ to God the word of the Lord
1: thanks be to God a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew
0: glory to you O Lord
1: Jesus said to his disciples you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but I say to you offer no resistance to the one who is evil When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will, that, will you have? Do not tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time, and we have something coming up later this week. But before we go there, you have something else.
1: Yes, yeah, just a couple things this week. This is a power-packed week here, but uh, remember that President's Day is this week. And so I think that's a wonderful opportunity to pray for our president and to ask that God's will be done through him because uh, he governs our country, and that's very important. Also, I want to point out that uh, the 22nd is the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. You might remember back in Exodus chapter 18, Moses sat in judgment uh, of the people in the Old Testament, and he judged, of course, both the written and the oral laws. And in Matthew 23, Christ said, hey, the scribes and Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Do and observe whatever they tell you. So what we see is the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter commemorates Christ choosing Peter to sit in his place as the servant authority of the whole church. Now, literally, uh, there is a wooden throne that's encased in bronze by Bernini and was given to Pope John VIII back in 875 AD. And this is a beautiful saying from our Pope, uh, Meredith Benedict XVI, God rest his soul. He said this in 2012. The chair is a symbol of the special mission of Peter and his successors to tend Christ's flock, keeping it unified in faith and in charity. So anyway, a wonderful uh, chance to do that this week to recognize that chair of St. Peter. Yes. But other things, we got big things also this week on that same day, don't we?
0: We do. We have coming up this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. And we all know what that means. It's a kickoff to the Lenten season. Now, Ash Wednesday carries with it a profound significance to many people. It's not a holy day of obligation, and yet the churches are often packed I'd like to think that this is a hopeful sign, you know, that despite all the lapsed Catholics who are kind of hit and miss for regular Sunday Mass attendance, that there is an understanding of the necessity of being in right relationship with God. So if you have a lapsed Catholic or two in your life, go ahead and invite them to Mass on Ash Wednesday to receive the Ashes at Mass. Anyone can receive Ashes at um, that Mass on Ash Wednesday, but if they are not properly disposed and they should not receive Holy Communion.
1: Mm -hmm. A beautiful thing though, is that cross of ashes on your forehead. That means that you're going to make a commitment that you're undertaking Lent as a season of prayer and penitence and of dying to yourself. That's a beautiful reminder. And you can, again, preach the gospel by just having that out there during the day and have people have people stare at you. <laughs> you know, what is that? And you say, yes, it's Ash Wednesday. Oh, okay. So that gives you a chance to uh, preach the gospel. <laughs> That's right. Well, today we see in the book of Leviticus, I, I think a wonderful precursor to the two great commandments of love of God and love of neighbor. You see here, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy, and you should not bear hatred for your brother and sister in your heart. And that's a beautiful way to think about those two great commandments. We see that in Matthew 22, love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is the, is just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And really to put those into practice, I think about how the nature of God is holiness and how we're made in his image and likeness of God. And so therefore, we must strive to for holiness kind of to fulfill our nature. And what a beautiful call and a beautiful way to kind of think about that holiness in our lives, and that's a great way to kick off our uh, our Lenten season.
0: It is, it yeah. is. Put your, put your get your mind going, right? Yes. You know, now I, there's something about this this uh, word grudge. You know, we hear we hear about that in our first reading here. Um, grudge is anger in action. You know, and most grudges usually affect only the person who's holding the grudge. I heard someone say once that holding onto a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person gets sick or dies. So, grudges can motivate people to act out in unspeakably cruel ways, seeking revenge for wrongdoings. Some folks try to justify revenge by calling it an eye for an eye, like the Bible says. But that's a terrible misunderstanding. Eye for an eye means to temper legal punishments that are imposed on criminals so that the punishment fits the crime. It has nothing to do with taking revenge of one person against another. Harboring grudges sparks a desire for revenge, and revenge is always Mm self-destructive.
1: Yeah, amen to that. That's very true. And again, if you kind of pick up on this second reading here, you are the temple of God. That's a call to release all those grudges, release really yourself, right, from those chains. And that's what I really saw in this one Corinthians reading today is, if we are the temple of God, then the spirit of God dwells in us. Again, remember back to that first reading, we're going to try and fulfill our nature of becoming holy. So that does mean that there are direct demands on us, but also joys regarding what we do with our bodies. And I really want to emphasize that a godless approach on what we do with our bodies is doomed to failure. You know, a godless approach says, follow any and all selfish and um, and instant gratifications. Um, I was researching and Peter Kraft said this, he said, you know, in terms of your temple of God here talks about sinning against the body by having contraceptive sex, that is love without life. Conversely, if you pursue and, and support cloning or test two babies, that is life without love. So it's very important and very um, has ramifications on what we do with our body. So we have to desire to glorify God with what we do with our bodies because that has eternal ramifications.
0: Yeah, very much. Yeah. Well, you know, St. Paul also, he goes on with a warning that the wisdom of the world is foolishness in the eyes of God. And he quotes a passage from the book of Job, and he reminds us that those who feed on arrogance and self-importance will eventually self-destruct. The world offers only false treasure. Empty vanity and fleeting pleasures, and the fulfillment of human desire that lies deep in the depths of all of our human hearts—that can only be found in God.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and God brings us a God or a, a very radical message in the in the Gospel of Matthew today, much like a precursor in the first reading. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is the radical message of the gospel and you know it doesn't mean that you're a doormat but it does mean that you are a soldier for christ and you have to be strong enough to stand up against worldly wisdom stand up against all these um gratifications of the world stand up for and true what we do with our bodies and do with our minds to glorify god and you know one of the things that i really liked as part of uh helping me form a godly approach is something that Mother Teresa said a long time ago. And, and you know when you see people, it's often easy to kind of label people with just what you see. Um, but Saint Mother Teresa said this, recognizing Christ in the face of the other is what Jesus means by perfection and how beautiful that really is. Because he talks here, don't tax collectors do the same as, as you know talk to love their each other? But what's so unusual about that? Be perfect. He expands that definition of brotherly love To say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm
0: -hmm, Yeah. And this message in the gospel, it does, it it, it parallels the message that we heard in the first reading. And that call to love your enemy, like you were saying, that certainly can be confusing though, you know, call, love your enemy, because it goes against our basic instinct as human beings. And even after we grasp the concept, it's still not an easy one to live by. There are the very human elements of temper and emotion, and those get in the way. And I don't know anyone who can honestly say that they've always come through these trials with flying colors. And I think that's Jesus' intent, to challenge us to rise above our sinful inclinations. It wouldn't be a challenge if it wasn't difficult, if it didn't require tenacity and struggle. If it was something that came naturally, we'd call it a chore, like something on our to-do list. But for most of us, this is going to be an ongoing struggle for the remainder of our lives. And as with most challenges, the important thing is that we don't give up and that we don't just settle for mediocre when our call is to be perfect.
1: Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.